Hey, Rich Paramount, welcome to our podcast. We really hope this message encourages and challenges you as you walk with the Lord every day. Enjoy this message. How's everyone doing tonight? I'm excited to be with you guys. I'm excited to be at the best church in the world on a Wednesday night. How many of you guys believe that? No? All right, come on. You know, before I begin, I have to honor our pastors, our lead pastors, Pastor Omar and Sister Letty, uh, my parents. Um, I want to honor the pastoral staff. And lastly, I want to honor, where's she at? My beautiful wife over there. She's in service. And sh- shout out to my mother-in-law, who is watching our daughter, Natalie, so she can be in service. And then, can I get a little bit of monitor in here? Please, thank you. And let me give a shout out to Reach Youth. Where are you guys at? There you go, all the way in the back. They didn't let you guys save the seats today? No? Okay. I'll talk to Enrique. All right. I'm just kidding. All right. I'm excited to be here. Uh, You know, our sermon series has been timeless. And as we talk about timeless, these are values that will stand the test of time. See, going over this theme, we've talked about how the truth is timeless we talked about how we need to have responsibility, self-control. Uh, Pastor Omar just talked on Sunday, moral purity. And this theme has brought out values from Scripture that we should live by and we should continue to live by. You see, tonight I want to talk about something that I believe is timeless. I want to talk about something that I believe is when it comes to a believer, when it comes to their walk with God, when it comes to making an impact in the kingdom of God, we first need to live a life that is surrendered to God. You see, the word surrender means this. Cease resistance to an opponent and submit to their authority. As Christians and believers, I believe we all need to come to a place in our lives where we must make the conscious decision to surrender our life to God and begin to walk in the new life that he offers. We must make a decision to cease all resisting and submit to God's authority. In Matthew chapter 16, verse 25, it says, if you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. In that time, Jesus may have sounded crazy, but he understood what it meant to surrender. He understood what it it meant to give up his own desires, to give up his own feelings, even give up his own life. Jesus understood what it meant to surrender. You see, the Lord specifically designed each and every one of you to have a personal, intimate relationship with him. But the only way that we can do that, the only way that we can have that relationship with the Father is if we first surrender our lives to him. I believe as Christians, we need to be reminded every day to live a life that surrendered to Christ. So let's pray. So Father, we thank you, Jesus, for tonight. God, we pray and we thank you for your Holy Spirit here even now. We pray, God, that as I speak, God, that they would hear your voice and not mine. Father, we pray that you would open up every eye, open up every ear, Father, that they would catch the revelation, Father. And we thank you, Lord, for what you're doing tonight and for what you're going to do in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to keep Daniel up here. Is that okay with you guys? I like to... Why don't you guys give it up for Daniel? Uh, If you guys don't know, that is my brother-in-law. So I asked him to stay, and he's got to say yes, right? All right. 
So I believe in order to surrender to Christ, you have to first surrender your will. In this scripture, in Matthew chapter 26, this scripture right before this happens, Jesus is about to get arrested. He's about to be put on trial and eventually be put on the cross. And in this moment, Jesus has, has pretty much lived his life. He's done all the miracles. He's, he did what he had to do. And here we have Jesus and he's praying to the God. He's praying to God because he understands what's gonna happen. He understands what's about to happen after he prays this prayer. And I'm gonna read this to you guys in Matthew chapter 26, verse 36, it says this. Then Jesus went with them to the place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. And taking him, taking him with him, Peter, James, and John, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, my soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch with me. And going a little further, farther, he fell on his face and started praying, saying, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. In this moment, Jesus is praying to God and he understands what's coming. He knows that Judas had betrayed him. He knows that he's about to get arrested. He knows the assignment that God has for him. And he asks God, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. You see, the cup signified what Jesus was about to go through. If you've ever read the Old Testament, the Old Testament, the word cup always referred to the wrath and the judgment of God. Jesus had understand by taking this cup, it would mean that he would become an enemy of God. It would mean that he would experience the wrath of God, that he was about to get judged for the sins that we committed. Can you just imagine that for a second? Knowing that you're gonna face the wrath of God, knowing that you're about to be forsaken by your, by your father, knowing that you're gonna endure all this pain, that you're gonna be beaten, that you're gonna be nailed to the cross, that you're gonna die for the sins of the world. It, it's crazy, you would even, he was even gonna die for people that would choose not to serve him. He was gonna die for people that would choose not to believe in him. A world that would ridicule his name, a world that would grow further and further away from him. And he says this, nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Despite knowing this, despite knowing that he was about to experience the wrath of God, that he was about to be abandoned by his father, that he was about to die for people, for you and I, people that would one day choose not to serve him, he still tells his father, God, not my will, but yours. Jesus was about to undertake the worst death any person could endure. He was about to be forsaken, judged, yet he still chose to surrender his will to his Father. It's amazing to me how Christians go through far less. We endure not even a fraction of what Jesus went through, and yet we're so quick to give up. We're so quick to throw in the towel because Life is not how we planned it. We're so quick to forget the will of God. We're so quick to forget to trust Him because times get tough. 
I see Christians who go through some small trials in their life and they're asking God, God, take this cup away from me. God, I, I don't think this is your will. And as I began to think about that, I, I began to ask myself, how is it that Jesus was about to be nailed to the cross? Jesus was about to be forsaken by his father. He was about to be, about to endure all the pain that you can imagine. Yet he still chose to surrender. I began to think about that and I believe surrender falls down to one thing. Surrender falls down to a decision. Every person in this room is left with that decision every day. Do I choose my own will? Do I surrender my life to what I want to do? Or do I surrender my will to accept the Father's? Some of you tonight need to make that decision. Let me ask you, who are you submitted to? Let me ask you, are you surrendered to the Father's will? Or are you doing what you want to do? You see, Jesus, he chose to accept and to trust the will of the Father instead of his own. You see, surrendering to God means surrendering your own will. It means surrendering control and choosing despite everything going on that you're gonna to choose to accept and to trust the will of the Father. When I think about this, I think about the rich young ruler. How many of you guys know that story? It's a very popular story in the Bible. I think about what happened to this young man. He's talking to Jesus and he's telling Jesus, Jesus, I've done everything you've asked of me. I've, I've done all the commandments, God. What else do I need to do to inherit eternal life? And we all know the story, right? Jesus tells him, okay, there's one thing I need you to do. I need you to sell all that you have, and then you can come and follow me. And it says that the rich young ruler became sorrowful, full of grief, because he couldn't do what was asked of him. He wasn't willing to surrender his own will. He wasn't willing to give up what was required of them. See, tonight I believe there are a lot of Christians now more than ever that are constantly walking away from Jesus because they're not able to do what is asked of them. Christians who are literally walking away from eternal life. Christians who are walking away from the King of Kings, the, the Alpha and the Omega, the creator of the world because he requires too much of them. Christians today have placed their own will on a pedestal and have placed the will of the fathers beneath it. Because their life or their will is too good to give up. God, I, I know I have church tonight, but God, it's just a little too inconvenient. It's a little cold outside. God, I, I want to spend time with you, but God, have you seen my life? Have you seen all the things that I'm doing? I don't have enough time for you. God, I, I don't feel like it's the best best decision. God, I don't feel like doing this right now. Let me encourage you tonight. Our feelings shouldn't dictate whether or not we surrender to him. Let me tell you, if Jesus would have acted on his feelings, if he would have allowed himself to lay the cup down and told God, you know what, God, this is way too hard. God, this is not what I had in mind when he told me to come down here. God, I don't want to experience all this suffering. God, I don't want to be forsaken by you. If Jesus were to have trusted his own feelings, 
if he would have trusted his own feelings to dictate his surrender, then none of us would be here today. If Jesus didn't surrender his own will to the fathers and allow himself to be crucified on the cross, then all of us would be in hell. All the prophecies that were about him in the Old Testament that he was going to be this great sacrifice that he would pay would have been for nothing. It says in Isaiah chapter 53, verse 5, it says, He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we, we are healed. We're not healed without the debt that was paid on the cross. He wouldn't be the savior of the world without the cross. Without Jesus surrendering his will to the Father, we are lost and we're dead. Just because you feel it, just because you feel like you shouldn't surrender, doesn't make it true. See, Jesus requires us to fully surrender to him. See, the crazy thing is, if, if you've been coming to church or you've been a Christian for at least a month or a week or however long, if you've been coming to church at least for a week, then this is not something new to you. It says in Luke chapter 9, verse 23 and 24, then he said to them, all, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. This is simple biblical values. A simple commandment from the Lord. And it's always a shock to the believer when Jesus asks them to surrender. It's always a shock when they hear that in order to find eternal life, they have to lose their life for him. And the unfortunate thing is Christians today have lost the value of surrender. We've lost the need to surrender our wills to his. Mark chapter 8, verse 36, he says, What good is it for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? What good is it if we live for ourselves, but we don't inherit the kingdom of God? What good is it if we choose to live our own way, but we find ourselves empty and broken. Let me tell you right now, what Jesus requires of us will never change. His standards will never change. Just because it sounds too hard doesn't mean he's gonna change. Just because it sounds, doesn't sound appealing doesn't mean he's gonna change. Jesus doesn't require surrender because it's appealing. He requires it because of who he is. In Isaiah chapter 58 verse, or 55, verse 8 through 9, it says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. See, as a Christian, we need to understand that we will, that in order to surrender, we need to surrender our will, but also believe that his will is greater than ours. Until we can acknowledge and trust that his will is greater than ours, we will never truly surrender to him. We'll be like the rich young ruler walking away sorrowful from the will of the Father, walking away from the call that God has for you because you believe that your plan was better than his. In order to surrender your will to Christ, you have to believe and you have to have faith that his will is greater than yours. See, I believe that's hard for a lot of us. We like to be the ones to make the decisions. We like to be the ones in control. If you're like me, I, I have to be the one to drive. 
I, I don't care if you have the nicest car. I don't care if you've been driving 10 years longer than me. I don't care if I've been in three car accidents and total three of my cars. Never my fault. But the thing about it, he said, you have, I have. But the thing about it, I, I have to be in control. Is that, is that anyone or is that just me? See, the culture, that's exactly how culture is today. You decide how you want your life to be. No one can tell you what decision to make. It's all about you. It's all about your body, your choice. It's all about your truth, who you believe you are. But if you've read the Bible, we'd understand that we can't trust our own will. If you read the Bible, you have to understand that we can't trust our feelings. We can't trust our desires. We can't trust our heart. In Jeremiah 17, 9, it says, The human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? Don't allow yourself to submit to your own will instead of the Father's. See, if we, if we can learn anything is that the will, that his will is better than ours. His thoughts are better than ours. You see, we need to submit and to surrender to God's will and authority in our life. Sometimes submitting to God's will and authority will look like submitting to the authority that God has been given to you. Sometimes submitting to God is submitting to your pastors. Might be a hard one for some of you guys here. One of the values at our church is honor. You may have heard our pastors say we honor up, down, and all around. And not only does our church believe that we should honor God, but we also submit to the authority that God has placed over us. In Romans chapter 13, verse 1 through 2, it says, For all authority comes from God, and those in position, positions of authority have been placed there by God. So anyone who rebels against authority is rebelling against God. See, all authority comes from God. Submitting to your pastors and leaders is also submitting to God. We as a church believe that God has placed our pastors in their positions. Therefore, we honor and we submit to their authority. We honor the call and the responsibility that our pastors hold. And sometimes we're going to have to surrender our own will and feelings and honor what our pastors think is best. Sometimes we need to submit to their decisions. Sometimes we need to submit to their discernment, even when we don't agree with their decisions. I'm going to say that again. Even when we don't agree with their decisions, we trust them because we honor them and ultimately we honor God. Even when we don't agree with their decisions, we trust them. A couple years back or about a year and a half ago, uh, my wife and I took over the youth. And maybe a couple months before we did that, I went out to lunch with my dad, and this is a couple months before conference, and we'll go out to lunch, and at lunch, he's, he's asking me and my wife a bunch of questions about the youth. He's asking us, okay, well, you know, what do you think about the youth? How, you know, how was it when you were at the youth? And I'm sitting there, not uh, kind of oblivious to the whole thing, and I'm telling him what I think. I'm telling him, yeah, I think the youth is awesome in this way. Maybe we can work better in this way. I began, to tell me, I began to tell him all these things about the youth, you know, how I loved it, how it needs to change certain things. And, you know, we began to talk, and finally he tells us the real reason we're there. 
And he tells us, okay, well, we're making a transition in the youth and we're thinking of putting you guys in. And believe me, Linda and I were shocked. Linda and I did not expect this to happen. And let me tell you why. At that time, Linda and I have been connect group leaders for about three years. And I love my connect group. I still do. I love you guys. And we had, revival was in our connect group. I mean, we were working it for three years and there was barely anyone coming. And finally, we're finally in a position where it's thriving. We're finally in a position where we're having about 25 young adults in my house and, and, and God's moving every Friday night. And I began to think about this thing he's asking me of. Well, Dad, I, I, I like my connect group. And I began to think about the youth. Dad, I don't even like the youth. I love you guys now, okay? Don't worry. But these are my thoughts. God, I, Dad, I, I don't even, I, that's not my passion. I, I don't think that this is the right decision. And at the end of the conversation, my dad tells Linda and I, okay, well, I want you to pray about it. I want you to think about it and then come, come to me when, when you have that answer. In my mind, as he told me that, I, I knew, well, I'm just going to tell you, you know, thanks for the opportunity, you know, but I'm just not the right guy for it. You know, I, I appreciate you guys considering me for, for taking over the youth, but I, I don't think I'm the, I'm the right guy. And as we got home, Linda and I began to pray about it. We began to talk about it. And eventually we decide, okay, we'll do it. But let me tell you something. We didn't decide to do it because we had a passion for the youth. Can I be honest with you guys? We didn't decide to do it because this is something we've been wanting to do forever. We wanted to go back to the youth and lead it. We wanted to get them on fire for God. We, we had this whole plan to do. No, we didn't have any of that. In fact, we had no desire to go to the youth. But the only reason we decided to go was because we submitted and surrendered to our pastor. So, regardless if I didn't want to, Regardless, if I, don't think, I didn't think that that decision was the right one, I submitted to my pastor. And I look back at it now, and I'm so thankful that I trusted my pastors. I'm so thankful that we submitted to their authority because now I can see why God has placed me there. Now we can see the fruit of the labor, the fruit that we were doing not only just Linda and I, but we can see the fruit of Anthony and Daisy that were there for five years and we're starting to see the fruit. What would have happened if I trusted my own will instead of my pastor's? What would have happened if I said, you know what, Dad, you know, you're, 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 I appreciate it, but this isn't the right move for me. What if I would have been so consumed with my life and so consumed with my own will what would have happened to the youth? What would have happened to my wife and I and the call that God had in our lives, the, the call that God had ordained for us to take over the youth? In order to be aligned with Christ's plan for your life, you have to give him everything. In order to be aligned with him, you have to submit to him and you have to submit to your pastor's. See, that's hard for some of you because you want to do what you want to do. Well, hold on. My, I don't think my leader can tell me that. I don't think my leader can tell me I should stop sinning. I don't think he can tell me I can get out of ministry. 
Does he know how many times I read the Bible every day, how many times I pray? And we allow ourselves to get so full of ourselves that no one can say anything to you. If you're a disciple in this room, you need to understand that your pastors and your leaders have the best interest from you. And if you don't believe that, I doubt you'll be able to trust the will of the fathers. Second Timothy chapter one, verse 12, it says this, and I'm closing here if I can have some, the worship team come up. It says, that is why I am suffering as I am. Yet this is no cause for shame because I know whom I have believed and I'm convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until that day. Paul is speaking in, he has confidence that despite his suffering, he can trust in Jesus. Time and time again, the Lord has never let him down. Regardless of the things he's gone through, regardless of what he's been going through, Paul trusted that Jesus would get him through it because he surrendered everything to Jesus. Paul found true freedom in surrender. Some of you have been dealing with the same fears, the same addictions, the same cycles and struggles since the day you walked in here. Some of you have been wondering why you haven't experienced freedom, why you're still dealing with the same things. Let me tell you, I guarantee you, you haven't fully surrendered to him. It says in John 8, 36, who the sun sets free is free indeed. If you truly surrender to Christ, you will be truly free. Jesus doesn't command us to give up just some of your life. He requires the whole thing. He requires full surrender, not a compromise surrender. Some of you think that your compromise surrender will get you true freedom. Some of you think that just because you surrendered your life of fornicating, you'll get true freedom, but you find yourself still addicted to pornography. Some of you think that you'll find true freedom because you surrendered your life of alcoholism, but you're still treating your wife terribly. Some of you think that you'll find true freedom because you surrendered your life to church, but you never have a devotion to God. I'm here to tell you tonight, you're not gonna get true freedom unless you truly surrender to him. Until you come to a place like Paul where you realize that he's the better option. Until you come to a place where you realize that He's the only thing, the only person that will never let you down until you realize that he's the true satisfaction. You'll never get true freedom. See, Jesus died on the cross so you can have that freedom. He came so you can have life and life abundantly. It's time some of you stop stopping short of receiving your true freedom. It's time you stop finding yourself in the same cycles. Christians find themselves in cycles because they live a compromised life. I'm here to encourage you tonight, get your freedom. Walk in that new life that Christ has for you. Second Corinthians 5, 17, it says, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. 
The old life is gone and the new life has begun. See, the reality is this. You'll never be anything in the kingdom of God unless you truly surrender to his will. You'll never have true purpose in your life. You'll never have true satisfaction in your life and you'll continue to walk away from the call that God has for your life unless you surrender it. Deacon said this one time, a, a lot of us want the Holy Spirit to come into our lives. A lot of us say, God, change me. God, I want more of you. God, I need you to touch me. But the Holy Spirit is there and he's waiting for you. But he can't because you're too full of yourselves. Psalm chapter 10, verse 4, it says this, In his pride the wicked man does not seek him. In all his thoughts there is no room for God. God can't use you unless you first give up your own life and surrender to his will. Why don't we bow our heads and close our eyes? Tonight, I want to encourage you. Don't allow your compromise and pride to keep you from receiving true freedom in Christ. You will miss out on the call that God has for you if you choose not to surrender your will. You will miss out on the blessings that God has for you if you're not willing to give up your life. If I can tell you one thing is this, is that you'll never find true satisfaction. You'll never try find a true purpose that surrendering your life to Jesus. It says in Psalms chapter 107, verse 9, it says, Some of you wandered for years in the desert, looking but not finding a good place to live, half-starved, parched with thirst, staggering and stumbling, on the brink of exhaustion. Then in your desperate condition, you called out to God. He got you out of the nick of time and he put your feet on a wonderful road that took you straight to a good place to live. Some of you have been wandering the desert for too long. Some of you have been living on your own will for too long. You find yourself in these cycles. You find yourself in these addictions and you're trying to get freedom. Let me tell you, give it up. The only person that can set you free is Jesus. The only person that can give you true freedom, true satisfaction, true purpose in your life is Jesus Christ. There's nothing else in this world that can satisfy See, all you have to do is surrender your life to Jesus. All you have to do is say, God, I'm willing to do whatever you want to do. God, I'm willing to throw away my life to follow you, Jesus. So the Bible, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Jesus is asking you, are you willing to give up your life for my sake? The very reason why Jesus died on the cross was so that you can have a chance, so that you can have an opportunity to one day surrender your will to him. Unless you surrender to him, you'll never make it into heaven.
unless you should give up your life for his sake, you'll never be able to go into the kingdom of God. Tonight, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're sitting there and maybe you haven't given Jesus everything, maybe you've been living on your own will, maybe you've been doing your own thing, tonight's the night to change that. Jesus is asking and he wants you to come into the kingdom of God. He wants to set you free. He wants to give you eternal life. But like I said, we have a decision. We can either say yes to the will of God or we can walk away like the rich young ruler, believing that your way is better, believing that you have something better going on. Tonight, I want to ask you if if you haven't given Jesus your life, if you haven't surrendered your life to him, but you're telling me, Jacob, I, I want to give my life to him. If that's you, I want you to just raise your hand. If there's anyone in this room who is living on their own will, but you're saying, Jacob, I'm going to live by his will. I'm going to surrender my life to him. If there's anyone in this room and you want to accept Jesus in your life, I want you to just raise your hand. I'm here to tell you there's nothing else better in this world than Jesus. You can ask any leader, any pastor in this room. Nothing else satisfies but Jesus. You will never find a true purpose. You will never find a true freedom without Jesus. So tonight I'm asking, is there anyone in this room that's willing to accept and ask the Lord to come into their life? I tell my youth this all the time. Jesus just died to give you that opportunity. Jesus didn't die to force you to serve him. He didn't die knowing that you were going to serve him, knowing that you were going to live for him. He died so that you would just have the opportunity. Jesus loved you that much. That says while you were still sinning, he died for you. While you were still doing your own will, he said, you know what? I love you too much. I'm going to die for you so that you can have that chance. Don't allow his death to be for nothing. Don't allow the debt that he paid on the cross, the the pain that he had to go through to be for nothing. So I'm going to ask one last time, is there anyone in this room that wants to give their life to Jesus? I want you to just raise your hand if there's anyone at all. All right, why don't we all stand tonight? See, sometimes we just need to be reminded to surrender. Sometimes we get so consumed with our own life. Sometimes we get so consumed with our own things that we're doing that we forget that it's not about us. That we forget to surrender our life to him. So tonight, if you're sitting there and you're like, if you're like me as I was writing this message and you're, telling God, God, I need to surrender these things. 
If you're there and you're seeing, you're saying, Jacob, there's a few things in my life that I know I need to surrender. Jacob, there's a few things in my life that I've been holding on to and I haven't experienced that true freedom. I haven't got what I needed. I haven't got that breakthrough that I needed. These altars are open. I believe we need to come down and pray right now. If there's anyone in this room that you've been going through something, that you've been living on your own will, but you haven't truly surrendered your life to Christ, I want you to make your way down here. We're going to pray right now. Father, we, we give it all to you, Jesus. God, we give you our will, Jesus. We give you our thoughts. God, we believe that your way is better, God. We believe, God. God, that your way is better for us, Jesus. God, we thank you, Lord. Thanks so much for listening to this message from Reach Church Paramount. To stay connected with us, follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Reach Paramount. To give and support this podcast and ministry, visit our website at reachparamount.com give.